That was lame. Welcome to I Tell My Husband the News. I'm Shannon Ray Green, a journalist at USA Today. Each week, I catch my husband up on all the stories he may have missed. He doesn't really like to read or watch the news, so I'm pretty much his sole news source. It's a big responsibility. My husband, Dusty Terrell, is a local comedian in the Washington, D.C. area. Thanks for being here, Dusty. Thanks for having me, Shannon. So how was your weekend, honey? Great. I spent it in Las Vegas. Viva! Las Vegas. Nevada. That's awesome. Yeah. But I wasn't there, so it was awful, right? You missed me yeah, every second. Terrible time. <laughs> I just went out there with a bunch of buddies from college. It's a pretty good sized group of friends, and every year we've kind of gotten together because somebody's been having a bachelor party. But this year, nobody was getting married, so we just had to get together for the heck of it. So what was this, like a fake bachelor party? It was a fake bachelor party, exactly. (laughs) And then you got to see your family. Yeah, it was great. My whole family was able to get together. Your whole family except me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you had to go to Vegas and stuff. I already had my trip planned, I think. Mm. Yeah. Depends. There's some... It's a little murky. Yeah, it's definitely in the gray area. unclear. (laughs) Well, we have no new reviews to talk about this week. Nothing on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Not this week, but please, please go out there and do that. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts helps our podcast a lot. Podcasts. (laughs) Yeah, we really appreciate all of you who have already done it and all of you who listen through us asking for more. Um, It really just helps more people find the show, which is what we want to make other people laugh. You know, that feels good, doesn't it? It's like an assist in the NBA. You just give us a little assist and then we'll make the three-pointer with laughs. You can email us at itellmyhusbandthenews at usatoday.com. Would love to hear from any of you who listen to the show. And you can also tweet us. I'm at Shannon Ray Green. And I'm at Dusty Terrell. Double R, double L. <laughs> A study says that most young adults are in the dark about this symbol on their car dashboards. Well, I'm in the dark on all the symbols on my car dashboard. That's not true. What? You don't know what any of them are? What do all those numbers mean? <laughs> I feel that way about the car. I feel like you explain it all to me. <laughs> this was written by a sister news organization staff at the Detroit Free Press. That Detroit, they're always writing about cars. (laughs) They don't think about anything else than cars. Motor City, baby. Mm -hmm. Young adults are more familiar with emojis than one of their vehicle's dashboard warning lights. This is according to a survey by Goodyear Auto Service and Just Tires. The survey of more than 1,000 drivers conducted last fall found young drivers consisting of both millennials and Generation Z were more than 1.5 times as likely to identify the eye roll emoji or the Wi-Fi symbol correctly than the tire pressure warning light. A spokesman for Goodyear confirmed this. The survey found that in fact 49% of young drivers and 39% of all drivers were unable to recognize the warning light at all. The tire pressure monitoring system light indicates that at least one tire is significantly underinflated. 
Possible causes for it illuminating include a puncture, leaking tire due to rim damage, and fluctuating temperatures as seasons change, according to Goodyear. Improper tire pressure can lead to uneven tread wear, decreased gas mileage, and poor handling. So the the symbol, it's an exclamation point with almost the shape of a tire around it. Like if you're looking straight on at a tire on a vehicle. Disagree. You mean straight on, not like a side view? Yeah, but of... straight on if you're looking straight at the car, the windshield of the car or the back or the trunk of a car. It's weird that it doesn't have a top. I don't know why they didn't just make it a full circle. And then it's got some fake, or it's got some like... Tread. Tread on the bottom. Yeah. I think it looks more like a Roomba. Like, watch out, there's a Roomba in the road. <laughs> don't run over that vacuum cleaner. 2D icons. I mean, they're hard. You got to be impressed with emojis. I they... think I could have done it better. <laughs> How would you have done the tire pressure I symbol? Just, I don't understand why there's an opening in the top. I mean, I know what it means now, but the first time I saw it on my car, I mean, this was probably 10 years ago now, but the first time I saw, I got a car that had this and I saw it, I was definitely freaking out about it. And then I opened up my owner's manual, learned what it meant. Oh, did you open up your owner's manual or did you call your dad? I'm sure you called your dad first. Maybe a little of both. Maybe a little of both. You called your dad first. I don't think it's even, how long has it even been a symbol? Because I don't think these sensors have been around that long. It's Mm -hmm. not like, like a 1973 Ford Bronco has this in it because it doesn't have... These sort of symbols. I love or, how you think 10 years ago, like, <clears throat> it was just revolutionary. I think it, it's relatively new. It's not like something that's been in cars for for years. I think the everyman didn't really experience the symbol until the last 10, 20 years. I'm pretty sure that my first car and my second car did not have a tire pressure gauge wasn't until my third car that it was introduced. And then the first time it came on, I was definitely freaking out because I thought I was like out of oil or something terrible. And no, it was just... And the other thing that's weird is this is around the time we first moved here. Your tire pressure changes with the temperature, which is not something you really experience in Arizona. That's true. So it it got cold. It came on, and I was like, "What do I? What is this? I don't know what this is." But now I know what it is. It's just it, I don't think it's fair because it's not real clear based on the symbol. I mean, I think a smiley face with its eyes up in the air is—it's obviously a smiley face rolling its eyes at you. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to car stuff and our relationship. It always makes me think of how every time in college when my battery would die because I left a car light on, you would come get me. Yeah, I always had jumper cables in my car. <laughs> it was definitely a few times. There were a few separate times. Yeah. What is wrong with me? There's lots of bad symbols out there. Like, do you know what any of those symbols on your tag for laundry mean? No. You know, when it doesn't say like... <laughs> tumble dry low or machine washing it just has those four symbols i don't know what any of those mean like a triangle with an x over it like what is that about i don't know 
<laughs> Why don't car manufacturers just do that? Just have a little light that says tire pressure with an exclamation point. I guess it's... What, are we really saving that much time with this stupid symbol? I wonder if it's helpful for people who can't read. Mm. Or in a different language, because a lot of cars yes. get shipped all around. Yes, exactly. But now we need to know this third language, this symbology of cars language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's what the manual is for. And the manual is in lots of different languages. I also don't think there needs to be an exclamation point in it it's either. Like, oh, there's a problem. It's, it's lost like, its pressure. Alert. Tire's low. <laughs> but why can't it just be like, oh, tire's low? Because it's I an should, alert. I should deal with that. Yeah, it's important for you to deal with urgently. I mean, we already know that if there's a light on your dashboard that's not usually there, then there's probably something wrong. That's true. I don't think every single dashboard light has an exclamation point on it. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I don't I think, think the oil light, I don't think that has an exclamation point. And it's obviously, it looks like a genie can oil can, which maybe people don't have anymore, but... What's a genie oil can? You know, like a genie lamp. Oh, yeah. I never thought of it as a genie lamp. But yeah, they said 39% of all drivers in this survey were unable to recognize the warning light at all. I know on my car, there's like a, a maintenance light and it says the word maintenance or in some cars, it's a service engine soon light. It's just got the words there. Why couldn't it have just been <laughs> check tire pressure? It's about the similar amount of space of letters as engine service soon. Again, maybe it's the different countries thing, I guess. You have to also give them some leeway in that 2D icons without words are really hard to create to convey your meaning. Well, it's 2019, Shannon. Why can't we have a 3D icon at this point? A little, <laughs> maybe a little jack-in-the-box that comes out of your dash that says, hey, your tire pressure is low. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Speaking of 3D, it makes me think of this thing I saw on Twitter where someone who was younger didn't understand what the save icon was in the physical world and saw a floppy disk on someone's desk and thought that they had 3D printed the save icon. And that was like, in moments that make me feel old. <laughs> Most kids today don't know what the save icon actually is referencing the funny thing about the save icon is that most people today know that that icon means save but most people don't know why or at least kids but that's even the next generation that's not millennials that's probably like that's i think that's gen more gen z, z and is what younger. we're calling those kids yeah gen z and younger we're like gen get out of here because millennials are the best ones <sighs> that, that was lame <laughs> Crop circle forms on icy main river. This was written by my colleague David Streaky. I don't think that's a Shannon, that's a river circle. There's no crops there. <laughs> You're right. It's crop circle in quotes. It's hard to use the air quotes in a podcast. Still should be called a river circle. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll talk with somebody about it. He writes, In an amazing quirk of nature, 
an ice circle with roughly the diameter of a football field formed in the Prusumscot River in the city of Westbrook, Maine, and a man captured time-lapse video of the circling ice. Doug Bertelsman told the Portland Press-Herald, quote, It kind of looks like a crop circle. It's pretty wild to look at. It's certainly not every day that you could watch a spinning circle of ice in the river. Bertelsman works in a four-story building on Ash Street that has a roof deck that overlooks the river and from where he captured his video. The ice circle, also known as an ice disc, first was spotted last Monday and it kept growing. Rob Mitchell owns the building on Ash Street and he told the Portland Press-Herald, quote, there were ducks sitting on it. The ducks were rotating on this big, lazy Susan. It was a big duck go-round, unquote. Ice circles form in cold climates and slow-moving water on the outside bends of rivers, where the accelerating water creates what's known as a rotational shear. That breaks off a piece of ice and sends it rotating in an eddy. The circular motion grinds the piece into a perfect circle. Can humans ride it or just ducks? <laughs> it's probably unsafe for humans to try to jump on some ice. Remember when we were in Iceland and there were all these huge signs telling people not to jump on the the pieces that broke off of a glacier that was in a lagoon and the ice chunks would flip completely sometimes. So it's crazy to think that anyone would ever try to jump on the ice. Or we also heard stories that people would stand on the ice it would break off and then they'd float out into the middle of the lagoon and someone would have to go out and save them wow that's wild but yeah no it's not for humans dusty Mm, i'm interested i want to ride it i just think it'd be uncomfortable to be on a thing of ice it's cold outside dusty you want to be out in the cold in maine floating on an ice disc sort of what do you think's more dangerous about it, the chance of it breaking and you falling into the water or the chance of ducks getting mad at you because you're on their ice disc <laughs> and then they attack you? I don't want to mess with either, really. <laughs> you don't want an angry duck on your hands. You got a real Donald Duck situation there. <laughs> <laughs> The Burlington Free Press is a sister news organization to USA Today, and it's in Burlington, Vermont. And this news org has a story with the headline, Spinning Snow and Ice Circles Grace a Local Waterway. So it's in Maine, it's in Burlington, Vermont. And this was written by Joel Banner Baird, and he writes... The chances of spotting a floating, spinning ice or snow circle in a local stream are relatively slim. Experts and enthusiasts agree. Yet those chances vastly improve when winter walkers prowl along riverbanks, which is exactly what Heidi Conant did last Saturday at Otter Creek below Middlebury. There they were, more than a dozen of them, pirouetting like white flapjacks, nudging each other in the slow-moving water. Conant, a Winooski resident whose ancestors lived and worked along the Otter Creek for generations, said last Tuesday she has encountered several large floating ice disks in her lifetime, but never a cluster of smaller ones. The congregation she observed over the weekend appeared to have been partially formed on the top of foam that can sometimes be seen year-round in sluggish, eddying water. Conant said, quote, it looked like pizza dough that you would not want to eat, unquote. Gentle spinning collisions between ice disks and with neighboring ice are responsible for grinding down rough edges and creating nearly perfect circles, according to most scientists. 
It sounds simple, but more complex fluid dynamics might be at play literally below the surface. A team of Belgian physicists in 2015 theorized that a disk spinning motion might be the result of water melting from the underside of the ice slab and then creating a vortex as it spirals down through the relatively warmer water. Published online in Physical Review E, that study notes the rotation of the ice sped up when scientists increased the temperature of the underlying water. But ice circles also form in extremely cold water. In early February 2010, members of the Green Mountain Valley School Nordic team documented a spinning ice disk in the Little River in Moscow, near Stowe. That disk, reported Tim Weston, was thick enough to support his weight. Common sense would dictate that these uncommon wonders of nature be admired and or studied from the safety of shore. See, Shannon? You should ride them. That's what I heard from that. No! Common sense dictates, Dusty. <laughs> uh, I don't know how big of a man Tim Weston is, but mine would probably have to be thicker. <laughs> but it would sure make the ice disc cuter. Aw, you stop it. I heard that if you put a needle on an ice disc, it'll play the Beatles' The White Album. (laughs) That's not what you heard. You just made up that joke right here on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) And last today, we've got the lightning-fast headline roundup. Does Dusty care about these stories in the slightest? Here we go. Why so many people's New Year's resolutions collapsed last week. Because it's been three weeks since New Year's, so everybody gave up. (laughs) You called it. (laughs) Is that right? Yeah. That's the average amount of time resolutions last is three weeks. January 17th is D-Day for New Year's resolutions, the day most people give up on good intentions and fall back into old habits. So just over three weeks, yeah. (laughs) We're doing pretty good with our... Our diet resolution. Yeah, I'm happy about that. You had some extra snacks today, though. Maybe that's because of D-Day. Oh, let's give everybody a little wiggle room. How about your resolution could be, take it easy. I'm going to take it easy. (laughs) Louisville renaming airport after Muhammad Ali. I hope the planes that go there float more than they sting. Baby's insanely long hair snags her a Pantene modeling gig. Ew. Why ew? Baby shouldn't have long hair. What? Babies can have long hair. It's sweet. How? I had long hair when I was a baby. You mean like a one-year-old? They haven't even been alive long enough to have long hair. Would they start growing it in the womb? I grew hair in the womb. You were born with hair? I was born with hair. Weird. It's not weird. It's all slimy. No, it's a thing that happens. <laughs> well, I didn't know our kids were going to be born with hair. Yeah. it's She's a one-year-old. Born bald. Well, like I am now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very proud that I was born with hair. In fact, I was born with so much hair that they had to... You got a Pantene modeling career? No. They had to put gel in my hair so that I wouldn't grab it, you know, with my tiny little hand and make myself upset because I was pulling my own hair. Wow. And so they put, they spiked it with gel and that's how my brother met me. And the first thing my brother said to me was, you look like a punk rocker because 
my and your hair. brother like four? He knew what a punk rocker was at four? He was five. And yeah. My brother was pretty loquacious. I don't know what that word means. Don't use words that I don't understand. <laughs> Learn it. Loquacious means um, talkative and social. Mm-hmm. I, I mean. I mean, he used punk rock. I would pretty... say all greens are loquacious. <laughs> well, you know what you're talking about. Well, you still have a lot of hair. And fortunately, we don't have to spike it up anymore because you've learned <laughs> not to pull it. River of chocolate along Arizona Highway after tanker accident. They're just unwilling to be outdone by the Germany chocolate spill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's going to be like molten chocolate, right? Yeah, at least it didn't freeze and be hard to clean yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Justin Bieber's mom calls Haley Baldwin a gift. My mama, she likes you and she don't like everyone. <laughs> it's the opposite. You need to re-record <laughs> the song. Strawberry guava diet Coke, that's now a thing. It's not a thing for me. <laughs> Screen time detox. Digital dieting is hard. And something I'm not interested in. <laughs> Report says that Motorola Razor is set to make a comeback. I think that report is mistaken. <laughs> Unless Motorola comes out with an actual razor for your face. <laughs> or for body hair. That's just silly. Facebook apps are most used in 2018 despite concerns. That sounds about right. We're all worried about it, but we can't live without it. So Yeah. Next week on I Tell My Husband the News, well, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. That's why it's called The News. <laughs> I Tell My Husband the News is part of the USA Today podcast network. New episodes come out every Monday. If you want to check out other podcasts from all across the USA Today network, just go to podcast.usatoday.com or find them wherever you listen to podcasts like Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.